broadcasting from a dark basement office. The FBI's most unwanted presents the X-Files podcast. Officially back. back. Officially back. Pre-game chatter is over. You're missing it on the live show. LibertyStreakGeek.net slash live. Check it out. Here we are. D-P-O, man. D-P-O. Darren Peter Oswald. <laughs> serial killer, right? Pretty much a serial killer <laughs> at that point. Uh, you know, this episode, I, I, I texted you and I said, I love this episode. So I'm going to come out with, I love this episode. But I still wouldn't, it wouldn't top an all-timer list for me. No. But I still love it. I, I, this episode, I don't know if it's the 90s-ness of it, the affectation of the 90s kids, because that, you know, that I can really wrap my head around. But I think so much of this week's episode, Mr. Josh, rests on Giovanni Rubisi. And um, I'm reminded of his intensity when I watch this. And then- there's this other really weird part of me. I know people love it when podcasters fawn over uh, somebody of the opposite sex and or the same sex or whatever the fuck you're into. I love it. I know, I know they love it when they do that and, and send out real creep vibes. <laughs> but I, we, we've I, never done that. I, don't know I get mean. I get Oswald's plight because there's something about Sharon Kivyat. How do you say her name? You mean the Playmate of the Month, 1982, dude. Mm. That's got to be it. I think you've just solved a riddle for me. <laughs> I can't, I don't listen. You know how you know how young guys do this thing where they're like, I like blondes, I like brunettes, I like big tits, I like this. You know, that's like young guy shit. Mm-hmm. The older you get, the more like, I don't give a fuck. Like whatever, <laughs> I don't care what color your hair is, I don't care how big your tits are, I don't give a fuck, let's go. You know? That's yeah. how you get when you get older. Maybe that's desperate, I don't know. But that's just life. You kind of be like, eh, whatever, I don't care. You know, weird. You, you become Gotta, less into like having a type. I think. Yeah, you don't have a type. There's yeah. that that goes. You know what my type is? Cool. Mm-hmm. Please, please, just be cool. That's all. <laughs> be right. Cool. So I don't. So so this is going to sound like yeah. My, that my disclaimer is leading up to the young guy bullshit, and it's this. I I am not when when I was young and dumb and had a type. You, I wouldn't have said blonde women. I would have said you know dark haired, mysterious, kind of bordering Dusky. on goth kind of chicks right and and, but for some reason sharon i get where darren's coming from Mm. he's obsessed with her and i have this thing in my head where i'm like why what is it about her that i find utterly intriguing and i'm not going to be a gross weirdo but i'm just like there's something about this woman and i don't know what it is and maybe josh maybe one day i was at my friend's house and maybe i was Going through uh, some some you know cupboards in the cupboards in the bathroom. I don't think that's what they call them cabinets. And uh, maybe I stumbled upon a 1982 issue of his father's Playboy, and maybe she was in it. I don't know. Was it? I'm March? not saying that happened, but it may have been a thing, and maybe that burned into my fucking psyche, and it's just tripping me out. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't wouldn't fault you for saving a little bit of headroom for Mrs. Kavit. It's weird, man. Like I, I get it now. Obviously, I don't want to inundate everyone with my bullshit regarding this character, or this entire episode. I just wanted to point out, as a professional podcaster that gets paid money, that I get it. I, I understand Giovanni's uh, inspiration in the scenes. I understand Darren Peter Oswald thing. Maybe it's the older, a little bit older, sort of authoritative teacher fucking thing fantasy we've all had. Maybe it's that. I don't really know, but it worked for me. Mm. Even though outside of that, there's nothing indicating why he would be obsessed with her other than the way she looks. Do you know what I mean? So that's like one of the story elements I want to get to. But. Yeah. Well, I got the, I got a couple of thoughts there and I want Go to get into it. that. I've been talking long enough. No, no, no. We don't have to get into it right now. I think that's, I think the, the Miss, Mrs. Kavit thing, his whole thing with her, I think deserves some conversation the the show it's the whole episode right yeah yeah but um but i will just say um it's funny when you texted me that i didn't you know about loving this episode (laughs) i was like a huge diatribe about how i understand (laughs) peter's darren's obsession with sharon that whole text yeah when you sent me that three-part uh text that was like took me 20 minutes to read (laughs) you were like i'm concerned for him (laughs) i think he's mentally broken and his psyche is and has been shattered (laughs) <laughs> he's putting himself back into the body of a can't get right high schooler and remedial English. And I'm concerned. 
the black lights coming out, the fucking <laughs> Black Panther, not the big gang, but the actual Panther that's black and a black light poster <laughs> Dude, is going Is up. that a vintage Vandals t-shirt you're wearing uh-huh, to work? You know, you Fuck. Know, Fuck. Uh, no, about loving this episode because sure. the, the funny thing is, this is a very memorable episode. Um, and again, we're in early seasons. This is the shit I've seen by far the most. Um, and I remember this episode pretty well. Um, Rabisi and Jack Black, of course, like just them being in the X-Files is probably the thing that I always think of the most, but I remember some of the imagery. I remember the shit with the arcade and the lightning. Um, a little bit of Mrs. Kavit, maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit of that. Um, nice, nice. But it's funny when I, I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, this will be a fun one, but I didn't remember it as a particularly good one. Sure. And it was actually a lot better than I thought. Yeah. And, and the, the opener, dude, the opener is great. Virtual fighter. <laughs> dude, we got James running up in oh here. Oh my God, that song, that whole, yes. just the whole sequence of, of, of that opening. And I was like, fuck man, this is a lot better than I remember. I just remember it being kind of like, oh, this would be a fun one. This would be like, yeah. but kind of light, kind of like, yeah, don't have to like think much. But um, this is a, this is a Kim Manners jam um, yeah, directed yeah. by. Uh, written by Chris Carter. And, you know, you got a couple, I mean, Rabisi steals the show, I think, but just Jack Black is almost distracting, not because he's bad, but just it's a bit role, but it's played by Jack Black. So you're just like, that's <laughs> fucking Jack Black, man. God damn it. It's weird watching sure. the next files. Um, but yeah, this is a pretty good episode, man. And I think yeah. I'm going to come out at a love. And I, I didn't. Like th- I didn't think I was going into it with that. I thought I was I'm going happy. into it. I, I didn't want to have to toe the line and, and be kind of one of those insufferable pricks. Mm. So that makes me happy. And uh, there's so much going on here. There's so much. I, I think why this episode is so memorable to me is because it touches upon a bunch of hallmarks from my youth in arcade. Uh, some of these people are socially awkward, although admittedly. I like to claim that I, that I was, but I wasn't, you know, my, my high school group was weird because we kind of got along with different kids from all the groups. Cause we kind of had our own weird group of like, we were weird kind of kids. We were, you wouldn't call us goth. You wouldn't call us punk. You know, we'd wear some trench coats. We'd all hang out and we'd like, you know, play D and D and listen to music and stuff. But then we'd also be like out on the football field and then playing hockey and, and playing basketball. And it was weird. We were kind of a weird crew. Yeah. Um, you know, it's in, funny. In, you you yeah. probably are aware of this, but we're separated by a few years. But me and your brother and yeah. our, our other friends that were of my same age in the same year in high school had a pretty similar thing where especially by somewhat sophomore, but definitely junior and senior year, you know, we came in freshman year. We were definitely like heavy outliers and then we sure. just became, and again, it helps when you're in a smaller school where true. at some point, you know, everybody knows everybody. So, you know, w- when it's not, you're a freshman and there's some random senior who's just, you know, like a piece of shit for being the sake of being a piece of shit. Like you can kind of be weird, but also like, you're going to kind of have a connection to everybody in one way right. or another. So right. yeah, we were, uh, we were in a very similar vein, I think. Yeah, man, it was cool. And, and I'll tell you, you know, Trent, death you know, massive death aside, Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris, you know, the Columbine kids, mm. they kind of fucked up, like, getting tough. They <laughs> fucked it up because they're like, wait, we can just fucking shoot people. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. We're going to fucking get guns and go kill people we don't like who are mean to us. Like, that's such pussy shit. Like, I mean, I'm not saying shoot them with lightning, but I'm saying, you know, you if you're a little weird, the, the pack's going to test you a little to see if you can be trusted in an emergency. That's all it is. Call it bullying. Call it what you will. I call it sort of uh, pressing for selection, right? To see if you're going to be able to handle a spear when the wolves come. And, you know, you toughen up a little, either with lightning bolts or maybe you start taking martial arts or, you know what I mean? You got you to gotta do something here. And I'm glad, I'm glad that Rabizi has the power of electricity. And in, in, in that whole thing, the power of electricity, here's some things I wrote down about this week's episode. I wrote down Giovanni Rubisi has this very um, passionate and intense way about him that is echoed in this movie called The Gift, where he kind of plays another sort of can't get right. So I highly recommend if you haven't seen Gift, it was in that early 2000s type of movie where it was like, I'm a psychic person, I'm helping the police. It's one of those movies, and Keanu Reeves is in it, and Cate Blanchett, and Greg Kinnear, and uh, somebody else I don't remember. 
And it's one of those movies where Giovanni's in it and he has this wicked intensity about him. And it, it, it's, it reminded me exactly of this role he has in DPO or those moments in private Ryan where he's like, just give us a fucking chance. Like that intensity he has in that movie he has in this is funny. He's a little guy. He's got that intensity. Um, you and I, before we started the show, we were just talking about Gary Oldman and true true romance and that, that his intensity was so big in the nineties and it was like a thing. And, in, in, I'm getting to a point here, and I know I'm being long-winded, I apologize, but it's visceral. He's passionate. He's intense. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a passionate kid. He's got a lot of feelings, okay? That echoes with all kids in my generation in the 90s. I was a thing like, oh, what do we do with these feelings? We don't fucking know. Play music or, or whatever. I don't know. But then there's the lightning part. And I think the lightning aspect of this is such a cool, visceral, visual way to represent his like, ah, fucking lightning. That's so cool to me. We just talked about this on the Lost Drive-In when we were talking about the the Star Wars picture that just came out. And we were saying like, I get lightning as a sort of manifestation of feeling more than I do like, oh, I can trick your mind. Like I get the visceral nature of fucking, and lightning, boom. Or remember in Akira when the guy's like, yeah, and then fucking shit would just start floating. You're like, dude, that's so wild. Yep. And I just, lightning was such a cool choice. Rabizi was a cool choice. Yeah. And like the passion of him in the lightning was a cool choice to me. That's why lightning was always cooler as a, you know, it was a dark side power because it was just, it was a manifestation of raw emotion. And that was Fuck what, yeah. you know, the dark side always was all about. Um, yeah, for sure, man. <clears throat> so um, let me, uh, I forgot to do this earlier, but let me just make oh. a quick comment that we are going to, um, we have a couple couple pretty big things to talk about. We got some announcements to make at the end of the show um, about, um, it's been quite a while since we've been on here, but we did have our poll about um, what episodes we're doing as a commentary. And we have a pretty fun announcement about a little bit of X-Files March Madness. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> idea very much um, inspired, brought up by BP. Um, we've been going back and forth a little bit about. So, we'll talk about that after after the episode for sure. Stay tuned. Um, anyway, we'll uh, roll back into it. But I like, I love what you said about that that intensity as the electricity because that is definitely what Rabisi brings. Um, and it's uncontrollable. It's unhinged. Yeah, and he's. Man, he's unsettling, isn't he? He, Just to he be around. really is. And he's so tiny. He's so unintimidating at the, like if you were to look out, outside of his, his, you know, shark eyes, doll smile, <laughs> outside of that, if you just look, look at him, you go, it's not, I don't know, you, 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 your initial instinct when you look at him is, oh, he's just kind of a weird small fry. He's, he's not like the kid he chases off in the first three minutes of the show is a big fucking tall strapping young man and he right. towers over him and right. you're like he's just this little guy but he has such an unsettling demeanor about him and that's what's great is he's I mean, obviously there's some other shit going on like when the, right. the lights go out and the the song on the jukebox jukebox comes on yep. <clears throat> but when he stands up and like straightens his hat back out and just looks at that dude and he's like all right that guy that guy has what like four inches and 40 pounds on him fucking and he's a. just like i'm fucking and at that age that's here. like a you're gonna get you're gonna you're you're gonna get fucking banged up you yeah. know yep it's it's that developing age and he's just but but he's intimidating as shit or bc is he he and it's because he's so unsettling and you know that's one of the interesting things about this episode as almost like a character piece for dpo himself the aforementioned dpo is that he is the titular dpo as it were he is, we don't really understand the trauma he's faced. Is he traumatized because he survived a lightning strike? Did he have the power of the lightning before? The episode may have even spelled it out and I missed it. Did he come from a broken home? We see no parents in his life. That's well, that's another big 90s thing, right? We don't yeah. see like parents. Well, is, it, is that his mom, that weird fucking chick? Which one? The weird lumpy lady. Oh watching. yeah, 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 yeah. We do see his fucked up mom, very some... reminiscent of like Stephen King's It, like one of those weird moms. Yes, like, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah I like right. that they don't, you know, they don't spout out. They don't be like, well, he went through this and that. I mean, you, you, the only thing you know for sure is that he was struck by lightning and survived. Um, and his mom seems to know. Now that I'm thinking about it, doesn't she comment on him changing the channel? Yeah. Oh yeah. So she's aware. 
She's aware, but not, you know, explicitly, I think. I mean, she's... She seems utterly uninvolved. Yeah, but she also seems like a person who's only involved in sitting in her, like, gross living room and yeah. watching some kind of weird fetishy. Yeah. And not judging. Not judging. But watching yeah. something weird on TV. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a lot there... You know, you find out this kid was in remedial English, and he—he's mm-hmm. obviously a bit of a can't get right. And well, it, dude, that's what, dude. You know what's so funny about this? This whole episode case is built around him being a can't get right. They essentially <laughs> arrest him for being mentally disabled because they have no way to prove a crime. They're like, oh no, no, no. This is like Texas in like 1960. We're gonna Germany throw him right in 1939. In, yeah, we're gonna throw him right in the electric chair. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. he has a 17 IQ. Oh yeah, we're going to gas him up. Yeah, yeah we're going to we're going to kill him. Yeah, but he doesn't he's not he's right. no, 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 it's fine. We'll put him in Sparky. He'll settle it up. <laughs> God damn Texas. Y'all just killing people? <laughs> who, who got fucking problems? Okay. Yeah. And that's you know, it's funny cuz like they they don't they have nothing on him and they're just like we're going to put him in a funny farm. <laughs> you know, it's so funny to me. Yeah, oh, fuck. <laughs> so I didn't mean to jump the gun, but that just is hilarious to me when you said can't get right. It's made the whole thing, right? The it's, whole case is he's like, he's impaired. Yeah, he's definitely fuck. impaired, and but he's not like, he's that level of impaired that, you know, and again, in a small town, they probably, and, you know, back 20, 30 years ago, they're probably not, you know, being as attentive to like this kid's needs. So he probably no. didn't get the attention that he should have gotten <laughs> from certain, you know, educational programs or whatever and he's got obviously has some emotional adjustment issues and then you give that kid basically superpowers right yeah you give him the power of the universe (laughs) you give him the power of fucking lightning dude he's destroying you with the power of planets that's wild right fucking lightning up your ass like lightning is so this is something we, we, if it wouldn't be uh, an X-Files episode with Josh and Dean, if we didn't bring this back to some kind of RPG because we're insufferable fucking geeks, <laughs> this is something I feel like, you know, not not our not our well-adjusted expert DMs, but a lot of them miss. Like when a lightning bolt goes off, if you're a mage and you shoot somebody with a lightning bolt, it's it's over. Everyone's <laughs> deaf and blind. Like, let's move on. It's You're fucked. It's the yeah. most powerful thing you can imagine. Imagine and I just think of that, like, up. yeah, like it, you, we just see it in a movie, like a gun going off indoors. You're like, whoa, oh, that's dude. you probably aren't familiar with that sound. <laughs> 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 that great Bill Burr bit, right? <laughs> yeah, welcome to tinnitus for the rest of your life, forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, it's it is it's it's uh it it's dripping with nostalgia. It's very exciting and. There's a lot I just like about it. like you said Kim Manners, right? Mm-hmm. What an opening sequence with the with the Dutch angle, like as he's walking back in the room, you're like, dude, he is just crushing it. Yeah, he, he to make Rabizi's character just so much more menacing. And you're right. It's the whole the fact that he is as far removed from a physically menacing person almost as you can get. He's very small and slender. He has bad posture. Yeah, he's he has like this slack jawed yeah. kind of like his mouth is always open. You know, real mouth he, breather. He, he's got kind of like a dingbat sort of you know stereotypical yeah. dumb southern kind of thing too. Yeah, like the, that those host. like dumb like semi unfocused eyes, just kind of yeah. Mm. He's like like, scar- like he sees every picture in the magic three D book because his double unfocused <laughs> eyes. <laughs> He's walking around like a fifty eight year old former heavyweight boxer. <laughs> like, you know, he's just fucked up. Hey champ, man. you want to come out here and say something? Uh, it's so good I to pro- be here. <laughs> I- I wear diapers now. <laughs> ah, terrific. All right, good. Puts, say a puts few up words. His shaky fist into the air. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ! Right. There's man. the champ. Clap, clap. All That's right. the most heartbreaking thing to see when oh, you look at old videos of those guys just fucking starching dudes out. You know, <laughs> moving like panthers, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh man, that's but brutal." I think my favorite part of that whole intro is it's great, but is the uh, you know as the the whatever pizza bully dude. Sure. <laughs> lays him out, lays out Darren, and then lights go off. That song you mentioned already, but James, sure. I used to love that band, James. So cool. Yeah, yep. that's a cool band. I only, I feel like I only ever knew like a half dozen of their songs, but I was yeah. just super into them. Um, and uh, 
that song comes on and just his presence and the whole thing going on in the background really unsettles this guy. He goes out to his car and then as he turns on the stereo and it's that like the song's playing as part of the soundtrack, but it's also, what's the name of that whole thing? Diegetic. Diegetic. And then it's playing in the car too, as he's like scrolling Slick. through and it's just, it's just playing no matter what. <laughs> and he goes to the parking lot and then the car just gets fried and then he gets fucking fried and Darren's standing there slouch staring through the window. Mm-hmm. And then he just yeah. goes back to set his high score. Dude, crushing it, a virtual fighter, but what a cheater. <laughs> he's got to be cheating. Do you think he's busting out combos? I, well, that's a, like, what do we can, know? You don't know. I, I kind of believe mean, that he's still like playing the game that well. Yeah. Like he's going to go to fucking Evo and just clean up street fighter tournaments. For sure. That son of a bitch. He's got a lot of free time. <laughs> I guess so. I when think, he's not, when he's not electrocuting bullies to death, <laughs> he's really working his fucking combos in virtual fighter. I think he's in the, I think the, you know, they kind of, you got to feel for it in a couple scenes, but the, when he invokes his powers, I think it gives him like a weird kind of focus, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's like super emotional and sometimes it's more like calming. That's the funny thing. Like he fries ah, the shit out of this dude. Yeah. And then he's just cool as a cucumber and he goes back and sets the highest score ever. And then there's other scenes where he's literally screaming at, you know, screaming up into the sky. Sure. And then that's a great point. Getting lightning bolts ripped through him. But then I guess on the back end of it, it's, he's kind of calm after it. So it's almost like you're right. You kind of talked about it before, like this, the lightning as an expression of just raw emotion and just energy and his force. And after it kind of courses through him, whether it's in or out, he's kind of like backed a little bit steady Eddie. Yeah. Awesome. Holy shit. Sarah lot. Pizza Bully works for the same place a vampire kid works for in Bad Blood. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> nice. So I like this introduction of uh, of our girl, right? When she goes to the she goes to the garage where he works. In that shot of him on the uh, on the mechanics dolly there, and he yeah. slides under out from under the car, and I'm like, is he going to look up her skirt? Because the <laughs> camera is kind of suggesting that's going to happen. And with, with filter playing. Right. What I think is interesting about this scene is this is the first time we've seen them interact. Yes. And she is very unsettled by him. I mean, overwhelmed almost. You get to a point, like, I, I got, I was watching, I was like, she looks like she may kind of cry. Like, it's weird. Yeah. She 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 even turns her body away from him. So I, I was trying to figure out what is that, what is that exactly? I mean, he's real, he's got that... He can't really judge body space mm. kind of thing Clo- going on. Close talker. Real close talker. And, uh, I mean, yeah. just and weird then- behavior. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> like he, she's there to have dinner with her husband who owns the shop. And he's like, Oh, do you want, are you hungry? I can get you a jelly donut. Like, Oh yeah. Right. I missed dinner with my husband that I'm obviously dressed up for. Give me a jelly donut from that. This is what I mean. He's clearly no, no social barometer. That kind of like just right. I mean, what do you expect? He's 18, 19, probably barely graduated high school. You know, probably if they had better standards, wouldn't have graduated high school. (laughs) Probably led to believe. Um, I was 47th in my class, man. (laughs) Yeah, how many? 53. (laughs) Um, And you don't get very much of it up front. And then you learn most of their relationship from later in the episode when Mulder and Scully finally get Mrs. Kavit to kind of spill the beans and hopefully start to cooperate here. And you, so you find out she was his remedial English teacher. She felt bad for him. She also helped him get the job at her husband's shop. Um, Probably a mistake, big mistake. And then like the phone call started. Probably a mistake. I say (laughs) the lightning wielding can't get right. Who wants to plow you, (laughs) who calls you on the phone (laughs) and just goes, I can take you out of here, as he later says. I've got the money from the cash box. Oh, you have money from the cash box of the arcade. Let's go start a new life. Grand Bahamas, maybe? The thing I I like about you, Darren, is you're always six moves ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking kid. Oh, we got Uh, pulled over. Now what? I mean, are you going to go fucking full electro? Is Spider-Man going to have to punch you out? He's he's zero moves ahead. Like, 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's fucking it's so. Just, he's three moves behind. In, right, like completely impulsive, and like the 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 leaks leaps. I would say leaps of logic, but they're nothing to do with logic. It's just pure emotional impulse, like everything he has. And mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of that thing of like you look at this character, and if you took away his these powers that he gained. Would he probably ever do harm? Like, probably not. He would probably mm. just be this creepy guy in the shop that kind of leers at her a little bit, but he's also really, you get the impression that without this, he was probably really shy and withdrawn. So he probably never would have even overtly creeped her out, you know? Yeah, I, I, I see it kind of going like this. I think he lives in his mom's house. He has kind of this 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 friend who seems to have more of a barometer than he does in terms of morality and not uh, much, th- but a little bit, not, maybe. not much, but I think he lives in, in his mom's house, which may have a mortgage. Hopefully it doesn't. And he stays there pretty much until she dies. It looks like they have their own cow. So I don't, I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a husband present, but I know it's hard to run a farm by yourself she doesn't appear to be physically fit enough to handle his farm. Maybe he does some of that. And then when she croaks and they, you know, they don't find a will and, and they come to repossess the house, I think that's the day he climbs a bell tower and he just starts <laughs> ripping lightning bolts into passersby and blowing up cars until he's killed by a tag team with a sniper rifle. <laughs> I think this is pretty much how his life goes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but going back to Ms. Kavit, Please, please. Let's do. um why don't we go ahead and lose some female listeners as we break down her behavior here. Sure. I, Are you talking you, about on their in, initial meeting? All of it. I guess just I want to talk about how she interacts with him and how she you know, I think she's just is she just soft-hearted? I I I don't understand. See, it, you feel like there is it, it's funny because I obviously, you know how I feel about this particular person, but I think there's something there's something off about this. There's baggage here that I think maybe didn't make the episode because of her obvious emotional state. Even when the husband shows up, she seems dazed. Yeah. It's weird. She has such concern on her face at all time regarding this kid. <clears throat> yep. And some stuff from the chat. Danielle, Miss Kota says she's afraid of him for sure. It's for creeped sure. Out. Um, but good point. Um, from Maja, we kind of talked about this. The powers gave him confidence he probably wouldn't have otherwise had, for sure. Yeah, dude, he's got that fucking, I got light, I got the power of planets fucking swagger. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's yep. like, I'll lie to FBI agents, I don't give a fuck. But throughout it, like, she's obviously unsettled by him, but she, you can say she's afraid, but, you know, I kind of get the impression, and maybe I'm wrong, because as she talks about later, when we first see them interact, he has already had this conversation where he tells her about how he had powers, but she sure. says she didn't really believe it until the shit happened with her husband later in the episode, right? The, the heart attack, that whole thing. Oh yeah. Uh, You're going to be definitely going to talk about that. Um, by the way, I get the episode on the background, the, the dude with all the tattoos and piercings and the weird kind of overall yeah. thing going on. He, you know, he's wearing like a core, uh, corset or corset. Something. Yeah. Kind of looks like Rob Cordry. Whoa. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Check him out there. Um, mm. anywho, uh, there's, I, I guess, I guess it's just that she's afraid and, and that as she says, she had, she felt bad for him. She was his teacher at one point and he was, you know, a can't get right. Not a good student. He's, Probably he's came deep, from a shitty situation. Trouble. Yeah. A lot he's of deep trouble. But you know, like when she interjects later, like, you know, we're jumping around the episode, we're talking about that relationship later on at the hospital when she literally steps in front of Scully's gun to like defuse the situation. It, what is it? Is it just, is it, is it fear? Is she just not confrontational? Does she still have this weird, like protective thing or not? I, protective, I so. Like empathetic. I, I, think, I think you have a, I think you have a relationship for a kid who has clearly developmental disabilities, who was struck by lightning and survived. You know, he's got a shitty home life. You know that you might be kind of scared of him, but you also know that he is fucked up and you've witnessed this firsthand. And maybe at the end of the day, you think he can be saved. There's that sort of generic, generic, what am I trying to say? Generic sort of dangerous minds. Like I'm going to turn the chair around backwards and, and have, I can have a life talk with you. 
like Michelle Pfeiffer, right? Maybe <laughs> maybe she believes he can be reached still. And even though she's sort of fearful, I think she has genuine care enough for him to not want to see him. I think she's thinking he's too dumb to understand. Honestly, I don't want him to do something that gets him killed right now because he's still a student of mine. Right. You I know think, what I mean? And if, <clears throat> if, I can, if I can call out, I think, one failing in the episode— Again, really like this episode. Love it. Um, I I think they could have done a better job trying to make the audience feel sympathetic for him. I gotcha. I think you can. I think you kind of do. But in general, you, you know, you see him kill somebody in the first scene and you see him pretty much completely lack of remorse throughout everything that happens. It's true. Like the like the like the um fucking with the lights. Right. Fucking with the lights, they're just causing a car accident I mean, with random strangers. Just, yeah. Just like that's, you know, we're not talking about the shit that like maybe we might have done. Like, yeah. you know, like throwing oranges at joggers. Right. <laughs> that's fucked up, but you know, it's not going to kill anybody. Right. Like, you know, maybe blasting golf balls into like a, a freeway. Hey, that's dumb and stupid. And if it, a major accident happened, you would probably feel horrific. And you I should imagine you should think better about doing it. Mm-hmm. But did I turn around at Caddyshack? and blast a golf ball onto Route 6? Yeah, I did. Sure. I was an idiot. Yeah. I was an idiot 16-year-old. Ordering, but, ordering water from Taco Bell drive-ins and throwing them at people in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> but ah, when the fuck. when the major accident happens, you don't laugh and be like, ha-ha, oh, that was sweet. Yeah, that was a bad accident. I would have right. been, I would have went, holy fuck, and, and split. Yeah. But he just kind of is like, ha 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 I think it could have been, I think it could have been an even stronger episode and would have been a little bit easier without having to think a lot about it to empathize with Mrs. Kavit or to feel a little bit more conflicted if you got any more sympathy about You know what? I Darren. like this. I yeah. like this criticism and I like this line of, uh, of, of sort of brainstorming because I'm in. I, I, here's what I think it would have been, would have worked if this bully truly was a fucking son of a bitch and in, 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 in his self-defense and uncontrollable rage, she blows this guy up, but does feel remorse for that. Yeah. Like if you made him almost like a, this is, you know, this reminds me of, it's that classic X-Men versus brotherhood of evil mutants. Who's going to get to him first, professor X or Magneto. Oh, right? I like it. <laughs> it's almost like he's this kid. He doesn't know what to do. He's got this developing mind in this, in this, in this psychological potential. Do we have like a fucking certain like number of bullet points of nerd cred we have to hit in every episode? We do. They to just flow. Superheroes, D and D. It's a flow state, bro. I don't know what to Star tell you. Wars. <laughs> I'm a, I, it just happens. It's coming. I got another one for you. I'm going to hit you again. I got another one lined up, dude. We're going to go over, under promise, over deliver. That's what I always say. Yeah. Or, or like, what if we, going back to what we're talking about, like, what if we saw him, like, made his home life a, a little more horrific? Like, obviously, it looks kind of shitty, but we also see him kind of bullying what I guess is his mom. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck about her right. authority, so to speak. Like we never, you never see him being the victim, even though you know he was struck by lightning. You just see him. Yeah, he was nature's victim <laughs> <laughs> in more ways than one, brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was a victim at the fucking genetic fucking. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as as soon as his fucking cowherd and daddy's sperm splashed those eggs, he was a as fucking soon as victim. That slow, slow swimmer somehow splashed into the shallow end. That motherfucker cut in line, dude. That cheating bitch. As soon as they ripped that fucking kid out of their puss, yeah, he was a victim. And then nature said, I'm gonna do you double. I'm gonna hit you again later. As soon as the the second minute of that umbilical cord getting wrapped tight around that neck went by that was a victim (laughs) his face is purple but we got him he's good he's trying all right boy that's what happened so anyway but yeah Yeah. hey no hang on let me sarah law in the chat when but when asked if he feels like a lucky person for surviving he says no what's that about i think there's something there yeah Yeah, okay well go ahead it's he because he's an adolescent in the 90s (laughs) <laughs> and he's fucking just morose. 
You, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, a, he, no, no. You know, like, my parents are fucking dumb. I think it would have been better off with, like, a My Chemical Romance instead of a Vandals t-shirt. <laughs> Dude, we just, I don't know, man. Do we have the wrong type of music? Portrait of American Family t-shirt might work. Dude, like, fucking I, I don't know the Vandals super well, but they're kind of like no fx I don't either. They're like yeah. West Coast, like, early, like, punk, 80s kinda. punk. But they're, like, Post-punk really... punk almost? Um... It's like or that. No. No. more West Coast style. West Coast, yeah. Like gotcha. no effectsy, but like uh, their songs are fucking funny. Like, yeah, yeah. The song I always remember the most is called "My Girlfriend's Dead," and it's like this super upbeat. Like, yes, it's fucking holy shit. Ho- it's hilarious. Holy shit! I didn't realize that was them. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And yeah, I, I, my my vandals knowledge is not great. Truth yeah. be told, but it, it's just <clears> funny because it's like a very non it's not deep music you know it's not sure sure it's just goofy funny it's fun yeah and he seems bp nine inch nails yeah nine inch nails probably better probably something darker and angrier and like more substantive yeah fuck yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're talking my language bp but no it's weird uh it's uh yes i think you could have gone from good from good to great with an adjustment in him because let me, dude, this is so wild. I'm going to pause it on, on the him killing the husband while fake killing him. Um, Clear. But um, this reminds me of the movie. This whole conversation reminds me of the movie The Gift. And here's why. Hmm. Because in The Gift, he is a, basically, a, his name's Buddy Cole. So go figure. It comes out in 2000. Uh, a woman is, extrasensory perception is asked to help find a young woman who has disappeared, right? And who, oh, Katie Holmes. Kate Blanchett, Giovanni Rubisi, Keanu Reeves, Katie Holmes, Greg Kinnear, Hillary Jesus. Swank, Mike Jeter, Kim Dickens, Gary Cole. Yeah, dude. And in 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 Rubisi plays this guy Buddy Cole, and he's this kid who had been abused sexually, which kind of comes out in the movie. Spoiler doesn't really matter, but he's really intense. But he has that kind demeanor, and you feel for him because you're like there's something wrong with him. But he's very protective over the Kate Blanchett character. It's like the, it's it, it would be like if this woman had an abusive husband and he was a young kind of fragile kid who was protective over her. I don't think I ever saw that movie. Man. No, but my point is that if they go that route, it changes the timbre yeah. of the episode. Cause then we feel it becomes a little bit more tragic and, and suitably nineties, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Versus making him sort of what appears to be just this villain who gets off on his power trip. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, yeah, so you, we're almost like, oh, man. you have to convince yourself to empathize with them, <clears throat> which yeah, 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 it, it's fine. But I, I guess going full loop to back what we talked about, that's what makes me have a harder time. Like when I think about Mrs. Kavit's motivations and why she's a little bit like maybe because you ne- have to imagine it yourself, right? Right, right. Because yeah. you don't see it. You have to the, be the, like, the show why is making she, you? Why is she not looking at him like a complete monster? Mm-hmm. I mean, and she is in a way. She's clearly afraid of him, but. um you know, you have to figure out, I guess, on your own. Yeah, and I think... Which is fine. Yeah, it, it forces you to go, oh, there, you know, it's... Anytime I, you say there's a student-teacher relationship and she seems to be an empathetic woman, you can probably safely extrapolate she cares about him as a as a human being and as her charge, so to speak, yeah. without getting overly dramatic, but... but yeah, we're ish well, yeah, sure, we're, we're, but we are forced to extrapolate a lot of this without it being explicitly shown to us, which could be the good to great factor of this episode. I don't like to have to think for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me the pictures, put the pictures and have the man say the things. Bad episode makes me, (laughs) I want lines drawn. (laughs) These dots don't connect. Is is that what I'm saying? I I can't see through the fucking fucking smoky glass. (laughs) I need to clear the glass. Yeah. No, I get you though. Mm. Yeah. So anyway. This is an interesting um, take and I don't know if she knows this, but, uh, White Death brings up, not saying it should have been, but what if Jack Black had been the main guy in this episode with those evil, mischievous grins of his? Hmm. He did audition for DPO role. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I think he's just a born funny man. And it might have been hard to get us to wrap our heads around his serious intensity. Yeah. I mean, if he ever could have gotten away with it, it would have been like now or, or then rather, you know right. what I mean? Like before he started it, but, but you can almost feel he's got, it's like he has a comedic timing about him almost innately, yeah, you know, it's, right. it's weird. You want to start but, going, uh, nee, 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 nee. 
<laughs> How many cock push-ups can you do? <laughs> yeah, I was expecting him to ask him while they were sitting on the billboard. Uh, by the way, side note, um, my two favorite Giovanni roles um, are, of course, Saving Private Ryan and Boiler Room. Dude, yes, man. man. Under, In, uh, underrated, underappreciated movie. Yes, yes, because everyone was like, oh, it's it's Wall Street light, right? It's fucking, but, but it's good. It's good. I like Boiler Room. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. And he is good in it. It's a very different character for him. Yep. You didn't love him when he was talking about Unobtainium, though? You don't, it's not, <laughs> it's not your favorite movie? Oh, all time. I forgot he was in. Parker Selfridge. Avatar. What a fucking name. He's in that, yeah, right? Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's the little brother oh. in uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, right? Ben. Holy shit, yeah. Bring Sally up, bring Sally down. I remember that soundtrack. Like that movie? Yeah. Not afraid to admit it? Good. No, I like that. <clears throat> Looking at his IMDb. Oh, don't worry. He's in the next four Avatar movies. I'll be sure to be there opening day. Cool. I got plans <laughs> through 2027. Excellent. Well, I was like, what am I going to do with myself? And mm. now I figured it out. I've never seen Sneaky Pete, by the way. He's like the Me neither. Me neither. Dude. And I hear it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Not enough, not enough time in the, in the day. Tell me about it, dude. I fucking do a movie podcast. I'm like, can I watch a movie I want to watch? <laughs> Which I do now, but I didn't used to. But I really want to watch that movie, Parasite, but that's a side tangent I'm not going to get into. But if we come back to this episode and we mm. come back to the moment where the husband's going to going to get shown a little something, here comes my nerd reference. <laughs> the first one of the episode. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Since, <laughs> since we're falling far behind in our nerd references, I figured I better up the end. I better, I better maintain the promises delivered. <laughs> um, but if we go back to, if we go back to White Wolf, we go back to World of Darkness, we go back to Mage, this is a great example of... Two great examples Ooh. in a row of one is coincidental magic versus <laughs> overt <awesome>. magic. <clears throat> and I love this because the whole idea of that was, and, and, I'm, and I swear I'll tie it into the episode. I'm not just going to make random unconnected references and hopefully we continue to tie them back to the episode. But, you know, when you have a heart attack, there's an electrical imbalance. The heart starts fluttering weird. It's Ar- misfiring. Arrhythmia. Arrhythmia, yes. And he just simply can control. So we, we see him developing more control over lightning as the episode goes on. And we see him just sort of looking at him and the guy has a fucking heart attack. Now, you could argue that he's not a super old guy, but he's not out of heart attack range. Like, you know, you can have a heart attack at any age, obviously. But he could be there. He could be stressed. He could be, you know, what he could have uh, mitigating factors. Enough to where at this point we would call this coincidental magic and there's no risk of discovery yeah you're not going to get what's called the banal backlash as the world tries to reassert order over itself (laughs) cool right but he makes the fatal mistake of going oh now i'm gonna just touch this guy like johnny fucking healer and just (laughs) and zap him back to life now that that is not coincidental that's vulgar as they say (laughs) (laughs) rescue 911 dude i love that he brought rescue 911 But he's just watching him, and he goes down. He saps the power out of the paddles, out of the defib. Yeah, and then you think, like, you know, you're watching, you're thinking, like, he's just gonna let this guy die. Not just let him die, but like he wants him to know, like they're making eye contact. That's what I mean. It's villainous. Yeah, and the hands in the pockets. Love the hands in the pockets. Mm -hmm. What is this? Is this just a? Is he just? Is this just big, big dick electric like swagger? Is dude? I think it it all comes back to. I mean, his entire motivations are very simple. I'm in love with my high school teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm and now like I have these special powers. And like was said in the chat earlier, he now has this gives him this bizarre confidence because Big electric kind of right. So yeah. he's like, oh well, she has to know has to run off with me. And he kind of mentions killing his boss, but then he's like, oh, well, like in his mind, he's probably like, well, I won't kill him, but I'll, you know, I'll save him. And then that will make her like me even more. Like, I get it. You know what I mean? I like, think like a that. Stockholm kind of fucking weirdo. Yeah. Just, just bizarre. Or, or, uh, well, not Stockholm. What is it? What is it? Um, Munchausen by proxy. Like, oh, I'm going to make my kid sick and then save my kid by going to the hospital and show yeah. my kid how valuable I am to them. That weird shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big Dick Electric in the chat. Good band name. Big Dick Electric here. Uh, <laughs> half off your generators. We can we install the propane tanks and the Generac units outside your home. Big Dick Electric. We can be there between 4 and 7 p.m. Make sure someone's home to sign. <laughs> like it. That's the shit right there. But um, yeah, it's, it's a fucking weird moment. And of course, as we probably should... 
we've spent a lot of this episode talking about the titular DPO and his relationship to uh, Kivet. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Kivet. 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 Mrs. Kivet. Yeah. Um, and Marshawn and, and little about the actual investigation, but that's one of the cool things I like about this episode. Mm-hmm. Number one, what is this guy's fucking problem? <laughs> this the local the douche sheriff. Yeah, he's a big fucking dickhead. Big hole. He is a diamond-shaped pee hole. <laughs> big dick, dick electric over here. Big dick electric. <laughs> that guy cannot work a big dick electric. No way. Mm-hmm. What is his issue? He's big dick sheriff? Well, I kind of, I, I think maybe it's a good, um, maybe a little bit of a red herring initially that um, I don't think takes away or whatever maybe it's kind of a neat thing you know it doesn't take away i concur he's so combative and then he brings up i actually kind of like how he he sort of kind of wins the initial argument i or, like or, the initial argument and i love her saying you can jump in at any time yes, when Mulder just sits on his fucking heels Be, because it is it is uh it is a blind spot that they didn't get obviously they they have mitigating circumstances of having to probably come fly out here unexpectedly but as the course goes on, it's almost like he's becoming combative. Yes. It's, he's got an ax to grind with these, probably probably with these smarty pants college types. Yep. Yeah. Probably well said by local Audrey, more likely small dick sheriff, uh-huh. big dick. So that, that factor, but also like the small dick in terms of like, I'm this local yokel sheriff and here's a couple fucking hoity toity FBI agents. And sure. yet he can one up them because he knows more about fucking lightning. Cause he happens to live in this town where they have this crazy, lightning generating research thing and i think that's the sure. red herring is that okay is it going to tie back to that is this some kind of weird larger conspiracy yeah experiment and is, is the sheriff part of covering it up and i like that that goes away before it even really develops but it's kind of an interesting thought initially yeah and and then i think his reaction in the and the end of the episode when he realizes that this fucking can't get right kid that he, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he felt slightly protective of in his own way. Um, sure. It's, 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 it's like that old, like he's, he's an idiot, but he's already it. Yeah. Thing. Yep. Yeah. You know, and maybe he really like his ass is chapped when he, it's so chapped when he goes after him outside the hospital. Um, you know, he, it's kind of like a pride thing at this point. Like, he he put himself out there, and now he was wrong. It were like this kid is really somehow responsible. He is dangerous. He's mm-hmm. somehow done the shit. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of all it is, right? With the sheriff, nothing yeah, more than that. I think I think that's a perfect way to describe it. To be frank, mm. yeah, it's um, you know, we do get a little bit more insight. It's more talking heads insight, but with um, <clears throat> with the teacher and saying he, I knew he had a crush. I felt sorry. I you know, I, that, that we do get some of that stuff, but what I love about that is I like the, um, I like the, what am I trying to say? The contradiction of this scene by watching him be elusive with the federal agents. I paid attention in health class. You guys should be giving me a medal. He clearly, he can't get it right, but he knows enough to know what he's doing is not, is, is wrong, is bad. It's is wrong. morally bad. He but he knows also- this. Yes, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, go ahead. He also knows enough to know that they can't fucking prove this because mm-hmm. he has a superpower. Correct, and right? he knows he needs to be elusive. Yeah, he should stick to the coincidental magic and not vulgar. Yeah, but I think he feels kind of invincible. Not just yeah, it's going to his head, right? It's going to his head, not just because he has the powers, but he's aware that like these are crazy powers, and there's no way that you can prove that I did this because this mm-hmm. is. This is crazy. Yeah. What are you going to, what, well, let's see how that's going to go. What's the, what's the DA going to say? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Which is brought up by the sheriff, not unfairly. Sure. Sure. (laughs) And if he, you know, if he starts to have so, I mean, this kid, big, I mean, this is the beginning of the dream for Big Dick Electric. (laughs) This kid could go on to be like, you know, a world dominating fucking supervillain. Right. Be Magneto's (laughs) fucking right hand man. Lightning's brutal, man. (laughs) You better get the guys in the rubber suits to do something. Well, and that's what's the, the, you know, you saying that brings me back to the comment when he's, when, when they're up on that um, billboard and Darren's fucking with the traffic lights and Mm -hmm. zero, our boy, Jack black, there's, you know, trying to convince him, like, let's get out of here. Let's get out of this. What are we doing? Let's go to Vegas, man. Like imagine what you could do in Vegas. Good idea. And, and, he he's aware of his powers. He has confidence, but he's, he's so impulsive and his view is so small. 
you know, yeah, yeah. zero he has such steps a lo- small ahead. perspective. It's no just, perspective. yes, he is zero steps ahead. I want Mrs. Kavit. Like, that's it. Yep. That he has is no, it. he has no forethought. He has no, no nothing I'm, like this. He just goes in, he, he gives her husband a heart, heart attack, then kind of saves him, then, sh- then kills his best friend. Yeah. Just because he has no impulse control. No. And becomes increasingly derailed as he goes on. And then he shows up at the hospital expecting just to like convince her, like, hey, come with me. Yeah. Come with me. Or when he's like, starts yelling and he and Scully have that, you know, that standoff. And Mrs. Kavit is the one that kind of intervenes. I mentioned it earlier. And I mean, it was about to, I mean, one of them, if Miss Kavit didn't get into this, either Scully was shooting him or he was going to fucking zap Scully. Yeah, man. And then same thing when he has that, I mean, he, he gets increasingly impulsive, but also increasingly like, not that he was ever that mature to talk about, but he has like a total, like you know, seven-year-old temper tantrum. Yeah. But, but the seven-year-old who can call down lightning bolts. <laughs> the power of planets, dude. Yeah. It's fucking dangerous. Yeah. Danger. So. Yeah, man. That's a good way to say it. And did you want to, should we listen to him a little? Should we listen to him fucking pop off? Yeah, let's hear it. Well, let me see if I can get some sound going on this shit. Let me get to, let me get this up. Let me turn that up a little. There we go. Let's have a listen. Darren. Just like when he yells. Stop. I'm warning you. Alright, come with me, please, Mrs. Kavit. Because there's some things. Stuff that I need to tell you. I want you to step back inside that room. Are you coming with me, Mrs. Kavit? She's not going anywhere with you, Darren. I can hurt you. I can hurt you too. I'm going to give you three seconds. One. Now I'm done fooling around now. Stop it. Love it. Now I'm not fooling around now. I fucking love it. This kid's growing on me. Oh, he's good, man. <laughs> he's such a... I love... Uh, Giovanni rocks. And he's just... He's so unaware of, you know, anything beyond just uh, the immediate impulse when he's out in the parking lot with her. When he gets her to come outside and then he's talking about, like, what kind of car to take. Like, he thinks, yeah. like, that's the important thing. And he's so oblivious to the fact that she is clearly beyond uncomfortable she's petrified you know and then like she bolts as soon as the sheriff pulls up naturally and that's you know when he can't find her that's what triggers this massive temper tantrum as he brings down the lightning the fucking powers man cool shot too that the i love when when they're walking away and he's holding her hand couldn't be more awkward (laughs) watch him he couldn't be less aware of it that's that's the beauty of it Mm mm-hmm the way he's holding her hand, dude, I, I, I don't even like it when you go to shake a hand and like a pinky gets weird. I can't do it. I bail. I'm like, yeah, we missed that one. Let's not bother. It's over. We've ruined the moment. Or like a high five that, that hits awkward. And this dude, the way he's just gripping that fucking Dr. Claw grip <laughs> on her hand, which seems to be rapidly turning purple. It's like, damn, let it go with the death grip, man. You fucking lobster man. Yeah. Anywhere you want to go. I I got money from a cash machine, you know. It's something. Yeah, he's got that. There's a southern-ish accent, whatever, backwoodsy kind of thing. But it's just something about, he has a very unique vocal affectation. A a patois. Patois. Yeah, it's very weird. (laughs) But it, it is. He does have a southern affectation, but then there's something else in it which is funny because he's like a california kid yeah you know but he always has that going on he he always has that thing but yeah you 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 were kind of getting to that last shot yeah just not the very very last shot the little epilogue but this the the big confrontation with the cop yeah with the cop and there's fucking awesome i love that moment yeah my two favorite shots are in this profile the profile when he's screaming he's kind of like He's hunched forward. Lean, and you can just, leaning forward. Yeah. Like every muscle just tensed. And then the lightning coming down the in the background and just blasting that tree. Mm-hmm. And then there's a cool shot when kind of an overhead, uh, like a, a boom pull out. And, yep. and Scully yep. and Mulder are walking in from, from opposite angles. And he's on the ground. I think the sheriff's on the ground and the smoke rising and the trees burnt. Very cool. It's funny because uh, in 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 Rabizi's performance, I think this was kind of the moment that sold it for me of going, you know, in, in if if I'm just feeling the episode with my podcaster hat off, I was like, oh, this poor fucking kid, like he's crying, saying, "What else do you want?" Like he doesn't know, he doesn't, and you're like, this kid's 
fucked up. Yeah. And, and it makes you sort of go, this poor son of a bitch. Like he doesn't, he can't quite wrap his head around these. His issue. emotional development stopped at like eight years old, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Is sure, man. Kind of how it feels. Um, also, holy fuck, how have we not made a Highlander reference yet? <laughs> nice. The quickening. As he, yeah, especially earlier on when he was up, like getting blasted by lightning on the top of the little cow hill up there. No shit, man. Yeah. Listen, I don't care if you're a retard. You're going to go get the girl with your Highlander powers, boy. Take off that stupid vandal shirt. It's two sizes too big. Put on a kilt like a real man. Grab a sword and get to work. Why are you wearing a shirt that's sized like an insane Cloudhousey shirt? It's garish and ugly. Remove it before I take your head. Jesus Christ. Relax, Ramirez. Speaking of shots, too, I do love the uh, the meta the very, very final shot of um, Rabisi and the psych ward and, you know, Scully oh, and Mulder talking about how basically he's going to get off because there's nothing, <laughs> there's no way to prosecute him for this. There's nobody, you know. We're holding no- him on a one count of can't get right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is, as you said, Texas right. 30 years before, maybe you yeah, just yeah, fry yeah. this guy and we're all good. But right, right. Uh, but then that, there's that cool shot as he flicks the channels with his mind. And the last one is, just uh, Chris Carter, executive producer, but it's like in, you know, That's on the cool, TV man. with him yeah. in the reflection. Very cool. Very Fucking cool, episode. man. Fun, life. love this episode. It's funny. This is one of the ones I'm going to say I love, even though I know objectively it's probably not a topper, but that, it's a, just enjoyable to me. Good way to put it. It is not. And there's not, a, and you know, this might be one of the first where we're discussing it in this fashion, but maybe not. Like I know, you yeah. know, because I think it's better than I'm, than I think I remember as well I, I also, but i wouldn't say, ever say it's a great episode no no yeah. interesting um, which is cool I, I like that i like you know sometimes you just an episode hits you a certain way and you you really dig it and i would say and we already have said it i love this episode but it doesn't make it a great episode um correct that's that's utter subjectivity and i think um yeah now that you know we've talked about it and already mentioned it but i i think what what keeps it from, I think the biggest, my biggest complaint about it is that, you know. Make you, him less villainous, right? Yeah, you just don't empathize with him a lot. Um, sure. At That's all. Fair. And I think, I think that could have given it the ability to, you know, because you don't really get that emotionally pulled into this one. It's true. You know. It's true. So. We're just like, oh boy, what's this crazy on a hedge king going to do next, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that assessment. Yeah. So, um, do you, uh, did you have any listener comments you want to, uh. There's not, it was a lot of just, hey, welcome back. People. Yeah. We had- but, but Eleanor in there was talking a little bit, so I'll read that one. Go ahead. She said, I think DPO is one of the best Monster of the Week episodes because of its simplicity in the characters. Grumpy, sexist cop, sassy, lazy mother, and teenage angst are the max, plus lightning is cool. It doesn't need to be super clever to be a very entertaining four minutes of TV. I mean, that's pretty much the podcast summarized. Yeah. You know? Yep. I think um, in lieu of listener comment, um, I just want to give a, a big shout out to um, BP9000 and also Carmelita, who's involved yeah. in um, during our extended hiatus, um, doing a really a lot of cool shit. Um, I'm never that involved in social media, but the one thing I usually do try to keep my toes in the water is the X-Files page. But with sure. a lot of other things going on, I haven't even been that good with that. And um, he and Carmelita as well on Twitter, especially um, really went above and beyond doing these really cool polls. Um, I know there's a lot of new people, I think, that were jumping in between uh, between the quiz that we had recently and and uh, and the polls. So if you don't know, um, we had a series of polls that are just uh, have just wrapped up over all 11 seasons of people picking um, their favorite episodes. And uh, this leads me right into a little bit of an announcement. Um, oh. But before that, I do want one announcement I meant to make up front. <laughs> an earlier poll it's been this long this is now jesus christ almost a month ago this poll finished it, it'll up. be a month yeah um but we did our poll about um what episodes we're going to cover as uh commentary sure so and you and i had kind of gone back and forth about whether whether to do two or three and um kind of made it easy for us because there was a tie for second so um tesos de bichos that was the clear favorite that came in number one um the walk and hell money those three episodes we will be covering in season three as commentaries. So very awesome. Very cool. Um, the other very cool thing we're going to be doing is X-Files March Madness, Dean. 
pam, 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 pam. You big college basketball fan? No. I'm not either. I like, I, I, you know, it's funny. Get a life. I you didn't even don't go really to watch the N, Don't really watch the NBA. Don't really watch basketball, but I think it's a very good sport. Yeah. Like there's a lot of awesome like strategy in it that I used to really be into when I was younger. Yeah. You know, Big it's funny. Time. My yeah. stepmom, uh, she's a real diehard sports fan, much more than me. Just like not even of specific teams, just sports in general. And she, she likes, and I've heard other people say this, she likes college basketball more than, more than pro. She thinks it's more mm-hmm. pure game. Yeah. I hear that a lot. But <clears throat> anyway, so our version of the, uh, the March Madness here is, is going to be based off a of bracket. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the polls that we've done and we're going to compile a little bit of a bracket. So we're going to rank um, the top 32 as chosen by our listeners um, episodes of the X-Files from all 11 seasons. There's going to be representation from all 11 seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, some seasons will have more or less episodes than others, but I think each will have probably at least two we might talk about that. We might give season 10, 11. Maybe they only get one. We'll see how it goes. But um, there's going to be 32 ranked one of 32. There's going to be a bracket. And what you need to uh, do when you hear this drop, um, this is going to be dropping on Sunday, right? Sunday at the latest. Yeah. So March 1st, this episode will drop. If you're not already in the Facebook group, get your ass there. Um, the X-Files fan group, LSG media, we'll just look up X-Files LSG media on Facebook. Um, and you will find us there. And what we're going to do is we're going to post that bracket, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, we uh, BP was trying to do some legwork and try to find a good electronic way to do this, but I'm a fucking dinosaur. So I said, let's make it easy. People can print it out. They can take a, whatever they want to do on their phone, but they got to fill out the bracket. So we're going to have 1 to 32 filled out. You got to fill in the blanks. You got to pick who you think is going to win each bracket and who ultimately is going to end up as the top episode. And what you do then is you take a snapshot, take a screenshot, take a picture of the camera. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but get it electronic and send that shit to, uh, I guess, to me, to josh at libertystreetgeek.net. That's josh at libertystreetgeek.net. And what we're going to do after, we're going to give people about a week. Um, We'll announce on the the page when the voting is going to start. So we'll give some people... Give everybody some time to get going, at least a few days to get your brackets in. We'll have a deadline for that. And then the real fun uh, beyond that is that you will get a chance to then vote. So throughout the month of March, we'll say how long it takes, um, but we're going to run through that whole bracket until we get to the top episode and we'll end up with them all ranked. And then what we'll do uh, is we'll, we'll go back, we'll look at those brackets, we'll give people points, you know, and it'll be this normal kind of thing if you've ever done a March Madness bracket where you get, you know, one point for the first round, two for the second, yep. blah, 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 yep. whatever the fuck. Um, and there'll be some prizes. We've we've uh, kicked around some ideas, uh, maybe about a little bit of um, sort of some unique bonus content, right? Yeah. That won't be bonus. Sure. It'll be for everybody. But do you want to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. that or do you want to keep it mysterious? Why don't we keep it mysterious for now? Okay. And then we'll go from there. But but essentially, if if I could give you, if I could offer a teaser, I would say it would be X-Files related bonus content that the winner could possibly be dictating. Yes. And That's maybe, the best way to say it. Yes. And in a different way than normal. Not just Correct. picking an episode. Correct. Really getting yep. to create um, some unique content. And uh, yes. also might... Uh, those uh, some of those leaders might get some bonus points on the season three X Files quiz, which will be coming down the pipe eventually. So, yeah. um, so this would be cool. So, basic idea: we will give you the starting bracket, and then you guys take it from there. You you have already created the bracket. That's the thirty two episodes are going to be based solely off your votes that you have already cast. So, correct. Very cool idea. Big thanks to BP for coming up with that, and um, I think it'll be fun, man. Awesome. Uh, the other thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. The other thing I wanted to say was that um, what we'll do too is because I understand the nature of audio, I understand the nature of podcasting, where when you may be consuming this content. But, and <clears throat> this might be a tiny little piece of homework I might be springing on Josh. Maybe we could succinctly explain this and just leave it in the show notes for this particular episode so you can read it right in your podcasting app, mm. just as a reminder. And then what I will also do, and, and this may or may not work depending on your particular podcasting app. I use Overcast. I have an iPhone, and I think it's great because you can click on shit, and there's hyperlinks. But um, I'll put a link for the Facebook group in the show notes so it's a little easier to find. So you can just click it, and boom, it'll ask you to open Facebook. 
So we'll do that. And then <clears throat> if it's not already, and it really should be, and if it's not, it's it's my fault, but Josh's email should be in, should be one of the things in the show notes as well. So that'll also be an easy sort of, you know, just cut and paste, drag your little finger over his email, and then you can paste it in so you don't have to remember or type it out or whatever. So we'll we'll try to make it a little easier to to do that shit too by putting this sort of written in the show notes for for this episode. So you're listening to this going, fuck, I'm going to have to rewind this. You can, but you can also just turn and read it in the show notes. It'll be there too. Yep. I like it. I will uh, to make it a little easier. Work on that succinct <clears throat> description. My old Yo. specialty being succinct. It, 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 even if you just do bullet, <laughs> if you want to do it as bullet points, I can arrange that in the, um, in the podcasting show notes as yeah. well. No problem. Well, but uh, like yeah, it. good stuff. Lots of fun. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> what do we got next? You're going to be hearing, uh, hearing us from uh, a little, little bit from the past, right? That's going to be wild, dude. Been, that's so wild that was a hot minute ago we recorded that one a hot minute <laughs> Clyde Bruckman's we're gonna be like hey hey, hey funny hey, X-Files is fun <laughs> we suck yeah we're so good at it now <laughs> <laughs> we weren't even professional back then couple of vets <laughs> seasoned awesome. curlies alright yeah small <laughs> trying to watch the weight gonna go listen to some Tenacious D <laughs> That's a episode. great. That's a that's a great fucking reference. If you're <laughs> under, if you're over thirty five, <laughs> if you're under thirty five, you're like, what are they talking about? Mm. Ah, cool. Alienate half the listener base. <laughs> but um, all right. I am going to bid these good people do all that. Josh, say goodbye in the traditional sense of the X Files podcast. But before I do, Josh, because of the way we're on the live show and we we give people a little music out, I probably won't say bye to you after that. So I'm going to say bye to you now, and you can say bye to them, and then we will be out of here. I love you, Mrs. Coffee! You've been listening to The X-Files Podcast by LSG Media. Visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net. Oh,